Just got two rules, let my conscience be known Don't lie to me, don't bring me nothing home Faithful's a nice word in a Sunday school class Life's just too crazy for that Welcome to the Lone Star Play Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Scott Armstrong. Join me and a famous guest. We discuss their career, life, food, Texas, and everything in between. Let's get started. Hi, guys, and welcome to another episode of the Lone Star Play Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Scott Armstrong. Okay. Super excited about today's guest, but before we get to that, I want to talk to you quickly, okay? Quickly about just a few things about the podcast. Okay, season finale is coming up at the end of July. We've got uh, Aaron Franklin and Tyson Cole. Uh, super excited about that. We've also got a cool episode where we're going to be, um, you know, talking about our our favorite episodes and just kind of you're going to meet some of the uh, people on the podcast and. Um, yeah, it's going to be pretty cool. I'm doing it with our, um, hopefully our sister podcast, Factual America, their host uh, as well, Matthew Sherwood. Um, so just sort of, you know, recapping the year uh, or the season, right? Uh, and then our new season will come out just after Labor Day. So we're really excited about that. We've got some great guests in the works. So we're trying to book those down. Okay. So Ethan Hawk, if you're listening, Carlos Mencia, if you're listening, Matthew McConaughey, if you're listening, okay. Carlos Mencia agreed to come on the podcast. We've been emailing him, trying to figure out a date for him to come on. So stay tuned for that. And Ethan Hawke, uh, he's filming overseas, but we've been talking to him quite a bit, actually, even back in uh, since early January. So uh, we're definitely going to get that. It's just a matter of time and figure out, you know, his schedule. So, yes, the Ethan Hawke uh, challenge, I guess we'll call it uh, – uh, the goal of the Lone Star Plate, my personal goal is to get Ethan Hawk on, so we will get him on. All right. So, okay. Um, and anyway, uh, you know, uh, some cool guests coming up, you know, amazing stuff. We're, we're really happy with the season. We're going to take a break and then come back strong. And, you know, we've got a lot of cool stuff and, and different uh, ideas planned, especially now that, uh, you know, lockdown's over, COVID's going to be over. We're planning a bunch of cool stuff. Uh, for the new season coming up in the fall. So, yes, very excited. All right, let's get to it. My guest today is James McMurtry. We've had him on before. It's the second time coming on. Uh, first time is his interview actually is is one of our top interviews. Um, you know, just a really cool guy. And uh, last time, actually, I don't think he played a song, but this time he played a song. And I, I got to say, I was speechless. Okay, literally speechless. It was beautiful. Um, I'm, 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 you know, I'm always taken aback when someone plays, you know, music on the podcast. Because again, guys, it's just me and the person. It's really like this quiet, intimate moment. And, uh, you know, it just, he played and it was amazing. <laughs> you know, it, it, you know, so stay tuned for that at the very end of the interview. It's, uh, you know, he's such a cool guy, very opinionated, not afraid to say what he wants. And I love that about him. Super cool. Enjoy talking to him. He's really funny. He's got this dry sense of humor. Uh, and he doesn't really laugh too much. And like, you know, uh, even like, you know, I crack a few jokes and, and, you know, I can't really tell if it's hitting, you know, and I love to laugh. So uh, anyway, you know, but I could tell he was uh, um, enjoying himself. At least I think so anyway. Um, and yeah, he, he was super cool. We talked about it. He's got a new album coming out, his first uh, collection of songs in seven years. Um, and, you know, super cool. This And he plays a new song off the album. So again, just he's still doing amazing things. The guy's an amazing uh uh, musician and songwriter, lyricist, super deep. If you're a fan of James, you already know that. So uh, we're fans of him. We hope to keep having him on the podcast. And uh, yeah, really enjoyed it. 
Okay, so James McMurtry. But before we get to that, word from our sponsor, Texas Real Food. We'll be right back. Hi, I wanted to talk to you about what's on the Texas Real Food site that's more than just putting in your zip code and finding, you know, the coolest butcher, farmer's market, restaurant around you. There's also other resources on the site, recipes, articles, and one in particular is called the Texas Mom Blog. It's awesome. Faria Khan is writing these beautiful articles. You can really learn a lot about Texas just giving you a lot of other things to think about. Food, family, everything behind that goes into food as well. So just different topics and uh, conversations. Definitely something worth checking out as well. All right, back to the show. Okay, guys, let's get uh, to this episode. What do you say? But before we do that, I have to bring up social media, okay? Lone Star Plate TX on Instagram, please follow us. And uh, on Facebook as well, the Lone Star Play podcast. And look, as always, YouTube, the Lone Star Play YouTube channel. We actually get a lot of engagement on there and that's, uh, you know, we're most happy about it. But most of the people that watch the videos are not subscribed. So please subscribe, hit that notification bell. That's the most important. All right, enough of that. Hate begging for subscribes. And I honestly, I hate seeing videos where they beg for subscribes, but I, I don't mind people telling about it, but just don't dig in too much, right? Like I'm doing right now. All right, move on, Patrick. Here we go. James McMurtry, again, amazing episode. And again, stay tuned for the end of the interview where he sings the most beautiful song or skip forward if you just don't want to hear my dumb ass speak. Uh, but, you know, then you don't get to hear his smart ass speak. So, not smart ass in that way. I just meant he's a smart guy. Anyway, okay, let's get to it. James McMurtry. And if you're listening to this, James, appreciate it so much for coming on. You were awesome. Can't wait to have you on again. And again, thank you so much for that beautiful song. All right, let's get to it, guys, and check out his tour dates. He starts in September. Oh, and he's got uh, in the Continental Club uh, in August in, in uh, Austin. Uh, he's, he's doing a residency before he begins his, uh, his uh, tour for the new album. Okay, so. Here we go. James McMurtry. Enjoy. Thank you so much, James. We oh, appreciate welcome. you coming on, man. Um, I don't know if you remember you came on before or last year. We I, had I, a, it looks familiar. <laughs> I seem to recognize you. The set looks familiar. I was in uh, Austin. I moved to Dallas actually uh, a few months ago. So I'm, I'm up in Dallas now, but I was in Austin um, the last time we spoke. And actually the interview's done quite well to be to be frank with you well good yeah a lot of people um enjoyed uh, our conversation so great i thought let's do it again you got a new album coming out i love yeah. your music you know thought let's let's talk uh this new album uh for sure so um yeah this is like a first collection in seven years is that what i read is that right uh, I think it's about six, really, but uh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <The> ballpark. <laughs> Close enough, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, what made you? Was it was it COVID? Was a lot the lockdown or something? You just been planning and just took a little bit. Uh, oh no, we we recorded it most of it before lockdown. Um, yeah. We were about to finish off the keyboard overdubs when the lockdown happened, and then we really had to struggle to to get anybody to play because you know yep. the, the guy we had had health problems he wasn't going anywhere so oh, i no. recorded some I, I did a session with buck allen over here in dripping springs and, and he did some of the b3 and then there was another guy in la because fortunately nowadays you can email tracks in you know, remotely but it takes a lot of time because you have to go back and forth you send it to the producer and he says no try this it's yeah. much quicker if you're all right there in the same room. Then you can just argue over it and get it done. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so we got we got it done eventually. And, uh, That's so awesome. How how um, I mean, I, I would assume you know this uh, this going to sound like a stupid question. I hope it's not. But like, how happy are you with it? Oh, it's a great record. I mean, we have Ross Ross Hogarth produced it out in L.A. And, and I mean, we tracked it at Jackson Brown's place in Santa Monica. And, yeah, that's what I read. You know, that's so awesome. Really, really good. Probably the best vocals anybody got on me. Wow. You know, wow. Yeah. That's saying a lot. 
Well, they, uh, no, it didn't really. <laughs> the, 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 the bar was set pretty low for me, but I, I did get better over the years. But I, I will say that, that the U67 is the best microphone for McMurtry vocals. I Damn, know there that. you go. There you go. Sponsorship uh, coming your way. Yeah, man, I hope. <laughs> right, things, there we go. Yeah, those things are expensive. I, I don't own one. But mics are expensive. You're right. They They yeah. get up into the... What what's probably like the most expensive mic out there? Yeah, five, ten, twenty thousand. I, I mean, does it get up to that much? Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, it does. I mean, I think. Well, back when I used to work at Mellencamp's place in Indiana, that there was a C12 that was modified, and I think it was that was like a twelve thousand dollar microphone then. Oh my goodness! That was, that was 1989. But, oh, know. that's like that, that, fifty well, that's, grand a day. That's <laughs> why I don't want to ever own a studio. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to have to insure that kind of gear. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause any one wrong little, you know, someone grabbing oh, yeah. or touching or doing things with it or. or well, one time I, no, I, I wrecked that C12 temporarily, but because back then I used to smoke and I blew a puff of smoke into that tube mic and it started going snap, crackle, pop, and they had to send oh. it back to the factory. Oh, you know, no. Really brilliant, brilliant idea. <laughs> I would, I, I would never think that that would hurt it to be frank no, i would you know it did that one <laughs> it did yeah it did, it did that one. oh man oh goodness you know it's like those jobs where they say well that's coming out of your paycheck you're like oh shit that's no. coming out of my, the next 12 paychecks well, no it came out it was probably recoupable expense which meant i was never going to have to pay it back because of course yeah of course absolutely absolutely Listen, James, uh, first of all, I wanted to offer my uh, condolences about your father uh, back in March. Um, I lost my father a few years ago as well, and you know how hard it is, and just wanted to offer my condolences, to be frank well, with you, just I on a personal it. note. Thank you. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I kind of wanted to explore a little bit, um, you know, when my father passed away, um, it, it made me, you know, sort of, um, you know, I had a great relationship with my father, to be to be frank with you. And it, it just sort of made me look back at the relationship that I had with him and, you know, look at all the good good stuff, to be to be honest with you. And it made me think you're such a creative person. You're such an artist. You know, how, how much of your father's like creativity and like his books, his screenplays, did that have an effect on you creatively? You know, and in, and in what way do you think it affected you creatively? Well, it gave me the freedom. I didn't have to break a mold like he did. You know, he came from an agrarian, you know, uh, ranching family, and he was the first writer, you know, the first one that really stepped out of that mold. And uh, it could have been harder for him. It, it, I think his, his father was, was supportive. I don't know that my grandmother was at all. But, yeah. uh, <laughs> but Larry, Larry was always supportive of whatever I did, so I, I didn't have to fight him to be a, to be a musician. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's okay. awesome. Yeah, that's great. You're right. And, you know, coincidentally, a podcast I just did before this uh, was talking about that. Um, this woman is, a, you know, into uh, teaches creativity, whatever. She's like, a, gosh, I'm gonna get the butcher this all wrong, uh, sort of like a mental scientist of sorts. And, um, you know, that that's what we talked about, that some people's creativity gets gets basically pushed to the side when they're younger, if their parents or whatever doesn't support them and they don't get a chance to explore that Avenue or that part of them themselves, you well, know, in, in the States, it's not considered a real job. Yeah, we, exactly. And, uh, exactly. Know, we, we mostly, I mean, even when we send our kids to college, but we don't send them there to be artists, to yeah. be creative. We send them there to get credentials, to get a better job. Uh, yeah. It's sort of frontier mentality, you know. You got to eat first. I, I kind of understand where it comes from, but sure, there sure. are places in this world like Berlin, where where an artist is is considered, you know, a viable job, a, yeah. a career worth pursuing. You know, we, we tend to discourage it in our kids. We we idolize our artists, but we don't want our kids to pursue it because it means poverty that's for most. Yeah, of us. that's such a weird thing. You're right. We idolize artists so much, and you know, celebrities or, you know, people like yourself, your music, right? People are so influenced by it. But then at the same time, like, well, you better not go do that. Right. Yeah. It's, like, it's such a weird, uh, such a weird dynamic. I, I tried to write that in a song. I wrote a song called Racing to the Red Light that addresses that. And 
It's on one of the Sugar Hill records that, that Lloyd Maines produced for me. I think, yeah, it's on Walk Between the Raindrops, I think. And Racing to the Red Light. I always liked that song, and I'd play it for people, and it just... <laughs> they they didn't want to hear it, you know. So I don't know. Yeah, uh, you know that that's the thing, right? Sometimes you don't want to be faced with uh, with those things. Sometimes no, that's very interesting, um, and that's interesting. Just an idea to explore uh, for yourself. Okay, so you're so when you were growing up, when, when did you know you were like really creative, and that you knew, you know, you, you, this is what never, you wanted to do. I never, well, I, I knew it was what I wanted to do when I saw Chris, Chris Christopherson and his band play at the mosque in Richmond, Virginia, where my mother was living. I, my dad and I lived in Northern Virginia. I'd go down to Richmond every couple of weekends. And, and so she and my stepdad took me to see Christopherson. I think I was nine years old. And they had, you know, Stephen Bruton was playing guitar and he had, Donnie Fritz playing piano, and they just all looked like they were having such a blast doing that. And I thought, well, that's what I want to do. Yeah. I, I already kind of wanted to be Johnny Cash. Christopherson was the first one that was identified to me as a songwriter. I didn't give any thought to where songs came from up to that point. So oh, that's I, interesting. I started studying him at an early age. Yeah. Just to figure out how he crafted those words. Uh, and he was a Rhodes Scholar. He's a good one to study when you're trying to figure out verse. Absolutely. He's a legend, of course. Um, you know, so so you were really into just sort of words and wordplay. And well, and guitar as well. Um, yeah. You know, because when I listened to those old Johnny Cash records, I didn't know it wasn't Johnny playing the Telecaster. I didn't know about Luther Perkins, and we didn't have video. So I just thought it was a cool sound. Yeah, oh, that's so that interesting. Sound. Wow. So you thought it was him playing. Everything. Yeah, well, yeah. then I, I did figure it out later when I, some of the like the, they they did a tele, uh, TV show of the the Folsom Prison concert or part. Oh of it. yeah, of course. And, there, and well, there's a bunch. There was a documentary on Cash, and then I could see he's playing acoustic guitar, and there's you know, I guess Luther was still alive. Then when, when I I saw him play, it was my first concert, also in Richmond, but at, at the Coliseum. But uh, Perkins had just died. They had somebody else. Uh, and just you know so that same kind of palm mute telecaster thing which i never learned how to do properly but it kind of <laughs> pointed me in that direction <laughs> wow that's so fascinating wow that's amazing wow that's amazing and you know people have been inspired just like that by you as well you know which has got to be well, sort of mind-blowing I don't know that, but maybe oh, if they have, it's positive. really cool. Oh, I'm positive, James. There's no, there's no question of that, man. Uh, you know, I was looking up people that have covered your songs because what I was just perusing through YouTube and I found this Sean Mullins cover of one of your songs. And I thought, wow, man. And that just made me go down this rabbit hole of other people that have covered your songs and all this. I just thought, wow, that's so amazing, man. You know, to be able to inspire people and to, uh, you know, have been inspired yourself in that same way. Well, yeah, it's, it's great. It's something we don't really notice. I don't think we're supposed to notice that. <laughs> that's you, you cool. Gotta, you got you to gotta be cool in the too. eye of the storm if you're going to keep yeah. moving. All right. I see. I see your point. I totally, I see your point. Absolutely. hundred percent. Um, well, let's talk about this uh, new album a little bit. Um, I listened to this one single you released, um, uh, Canola Fields, right? Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, beautiful song, by the way. Amazing. Well, um, really, actually, I actually played it twice. I played it another time after I heard it again. I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to do, I'm going to hear that song again. Uh, really, I just really enjoyed, uh, yeah, I love lyrics. I love, uh, people who are master wordsmiths like yourself uh, it makes this song that much more enjoyable i think on re-listens and and just um you know like a good movie you're like you can rewatch yeah. it again and get something new every time um it seems I feel to like work. The, yeah, yeah yeah that's sort of uh mm. you know your, your style Let, let's 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 talk a little bit more about that song and then we can discuss some other ones whichever other ones uh stuck out to you the most what was the inspiration behind that song Oh, I had I, there were several seeds for it, but mostly we we did it, several tours across Western Canada in the summertime, 
And if you go through Saskatchewan and Alberta in the summer, you see these strange-looking chartreuse fields because canola has this bright chartreuse blossom, and we didn't know what it was. We just, wow, you know, what is that? And then we go yeah. through, and we go back through in the fall when they were harvesting, and it looked like they were raking up tumbleweeds into rows. And they had these weird, weird kind of reverse combine machines that would pick up the rows, the wind rows, and feed them into the mouth of this thing. And the chaff would blow out the back. So we figured it must be some kind of seed crop. And then we came upon it. There was a sign in the middle of an empty field that said canola processing with a phone number. And we thought, okay, that's what that is. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, but it's about the color that, there. you know, Volkswagen occasionally made those, those late 60s Beetles in a shade of chartreuse it's about the color of a, of a canola field in the summertime i just never realized that and oh. then i had that line second best surfer on the central coast i had to put that in something so i kind of <laughs> built a song i built a story around it so i could so i could use that use that line yeah, yeah. that's interesting wow that's so cool that's so cool uh yeah oh, that's fascinating what uh what other songs stick out to you on the album that uh were sort of special to you i mean i mean i know they're all special uh you know well, there's a crazy kind of almost pseudo rap song called fort walton wake up call that i really like because it's, it's it's pretty goofy and it's not normal <laughs> mcmurtry i like that and that's that, cool well that started because we, we play this festival on the in the florida panhandle it always takes place in January, and we always wind up freezing half to death at an outdoor show because <laughs> you know it's getting. You know, it's the same wind that blows through Texas, and you know, it gets yeah. down thirty degrees on the Gulf Coast. You're, you're pretty cold. Yeah, so that's kind of that's the start of that song, anyway. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, most people don't know Florida. It's not all sun uh, year round in all no, of Florida. I mean, well, basically it's, uh, it's the Georgia coast <laughs> or the <laughs> Alabama, you know, it's mostly, uh, yeah, it's just, they, they just, I guess they just cut off the bottom of Georgia and gave it to Florida. I don't know how that worked out. Yeah. <laughs> I guess you know, Florida, Florida was probably there first. Now that I think about it. Actually, yeah. St. St. Augustine, Florida is the, is the oldest continually inhabited city. Uh, well, European inhabited on this continent really yeah it's older i did not know that wow saint augustine that is crazy i've been there for sure it's a it's a nice little definitely little town some nice beaches i knew it had history but i did not know that wow that is fascinating it it predates the you know plymouth colony and all that stuff wow that's that's completely fascinating um, and then once they saw Miami, they were like, oh, yeah, this is where well, it's Miami's at. Miami's like driving to the Caribbean. Yes. It basically is. And- Absolutely. Such a different, uh, changes so much, right, when you get down yeah. there. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, well, so this album coming out, you're going to be uh, touring. How's that going to be working? Or, or, or how well, are you we, dealing the, with that with, with everything? Well, the, the first tour we have is in September, and that was a solo acoustic tour that was on the books a year and a half ago that kept getting bumped back due to COVID. Yeah, so totally. that's the first thing we're going to do on the road, and then you know, band touring later in the fall, assuming we don't have a second lockdown due to Delta, which I don't know. <laughs> What do you think about that? You think that's going to happen? I keep reading it. It's kind of becoming more in the news it's, more and more. It's, 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 it's a pretty good likelihood of it because it's happening elsewhere in the world. And as we remember at the beginning of COVID, you know, where Italy went, we followed. Sure. Did Italy do? Uh, I don't know uh, if they've done a second lockdown, but, you know, you know Australia has. You know, Australia oh, really? Is careful. Yeah. Oh they, man. Well, they lock down by region. They get a few cases in a city, and they immediately lock it down. Got start it. contact tracing. They don't. You know. They're not messing around. Mm-mm. Man, I. I mean, I hope we don't get another lockdown. But obviously, if we need it, we need it. You know. Um, well, if everybody just get vaccinated, it'd be a little less chance of us needing it. But we got absolutely. huge pockets of the country where. Nobody's getting vaccinated, and, you know, I don't agree with that personal choice thing where it comes to public health because the virus doesn't care. doesn't sure. care about your politics or your religion or anything, and the only way to stop it is to deny it hosts. And if you're 
refusing to get vaccinated because you you think you're being infringed upon. Well, you're you're infringing upon my health if you don't get vaccinated because that virus can infect you and it can mutate and turn into something that goes around the vaccines that I tried pretty hard to get. Um, I mean, there there are personal freedoms that you can enjoy that don't affect the health of the rest of humanity. And, I mean, if you want to ride a street bike with no helmet, you're probably just going to kill yourself. But you go around, you know, we, we have so many people unvaccinated, they're endangering the rest of us. And that you, know, you shouldn't get to do that. And take, keep in mind, like my, almost like most of the of the Delta variant deaths in this country are among unvaccinated people. So you should think about that's what's that. hitting. Yeah, for sure. I you know I got the I got the one and done vaccine that made it the easiest for myself. It was so quick and easy. I mean, yeah, there's nothing to be afraid of. Definitely, people should do it. I have definitely ran into people who have said they're not going to get it. Who it surprised the hell out of me that they said it. To be frank with you. Well, just like how many people of your generation do you know that had polio? Yeah, zero. I know one. I know one of my generation. Yeah, and one of zero. my parents' generation. You know, and you know, everybody got vaccinated for polio. They didn't think it was sure. some kind of government plot, but yeah, was. that's the problem. It's some government plot. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm with you. Um, yeah, because again, yeah, that's a good point. You know, look, we're ready to get out there and ready to live yeah. again. We all need to get vaccinated and, um, you know, do what we need to do. My maternal grandfather was a was a health commissioner in uh, the city of Florence, South Carolina. He was real unpopular in the summertime because he had to close the public swimming pools to try to stop the spread of polio. And but that's what you had to do. Sure, the only way to do it pre-vaccine. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it is a crazy uh, dilemma, um, to, to be honest with you. Like I said, it's just been people that I didn't expect to say I'm not going to get vaccinated. Yeah. So that that's sort of like uphill battles I, I wasn't expecting, you know, from certain people. Yeah, I expected them to say <laughs> uh, they weren't going to get vaccinated because they've been saying it for a while. Um, but other people. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely surprised me for sure. Uh, you owe it to the world, I think. Yeah, it's such a simple concept. Um, it's yeah, not the country. It's not the government. It's humanity we're talking about here. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it has nothing to do with politics and it's become political. Um, yeah. I hate I hate that. Um, yeah, it sucks. It's, it definitely should be that way. Um, well, I remember last time we talked, um, Trump was in office. Obviously, things have changed now. Uh, we got Biden in office. And I know you, you know, somewhat talk about politics, uh, you know, a little bit. Um, what, what do you think about this new administration that's uh, that's in office? I think they're doing the right thing. Um, I don't know why they're having so much trouble with this infra infrastructure bill. Sure. Um, I mean, as you recall, like Trump said he was going to do infrastructure. He forgot that Republicans don't do infrastructure because it costs yeah. money. <laughs> but, you know, because it costs you tax money. Well, you know, that. Pre-pandemic, I, I I paid a lot of income tax, and it's it's it can be a drag, but I, I really like for the interstate highway system to get maintained because yeah. I, I used to get a lot of use out of it. I would like to see the corporations that own the fleets of trucks that tear it up to do more, pay more of their share to maintain it. But uh, oh, that's interesting. But the bottom, but, but the bottom line is, it has to be maintained or people die. I mean, yeah. you know, that bridge that fell into the Mississippi River in Minneapolis some years back, I've been back and forth across that thing before it fell. I never happened to get stuck on it at rush hour. But, uh, you know, we can't have bridges falling because we're not willing to spend the money to maintain them. It's ridiculous. Absolutely. Of course. There's one uh, cracked over the Mississippi, right? Right now. Yeah. The I-40 bridge, kind of a major yeah. artery there. Yeah. Yeah, now everybody, well, everybody's having to go around on 55 now, and that bridge on is Memphis, all, right? It's just right yeah. outside of Memphis. Yeah. Well, the, yeah. There's two bridges in Memphis. There's a 55 yeah. bridge and the and the yeah. I-40, and I think the 55 bridge is probably older. It looks older. Sure. Oh, the traffic but, but it, jam it has to be. Yeah, it's insane. insane. Okay. Yeah, you you might as well go down to West Helena and cross on 49. You know. 
It'll yeah, work. go go around Memphis. Two, that's uh, two lane, but you know you'll get there. <laughs> yeah, you'll get there. Go down the Mississippi or, or go up boat. to Dyersburg. I guess I don't know what the next bridge north is. I never had to cross it. <laughs> Something else. Uh, yeah, but you're right. Uh, yeah, well, that's interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess it's only been uh, what uh, technically four months, six months, or five months uh, or so since uh, Biden's been in office. You know, um, there's a lot to do. Um, still recovering from you know shit the stuff that happened on january 6th um you know the election all that nonsense um i'm not sure if we've come out of that yet we haven't come out of that because because uh, everybody's so tribal and polarized they refuse to believe what they saw with their own eyes you're going to tell me that's not an insurrection when you got people with nooses out in front of the capitol Oh, that and, was insane! And, and looking, caught looking for Nancy, Nancy. You know, come on. Yeah. No, those and you know, good well, police officers, right? Like with an officers. American flag. And you know, congressmen text or you know, tweeting the locations of people that the insurrectionists want to kill. Yeah. You know, I think they should throw Bobert and Marjorie Taylor Greene under the jail. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't have any use for them. I've been in that restaurant in Rifle, Colorado, where the whole staff is armed and it's all modern striker fire stuff. You know, if it falls on the concrete, <laughs> they get a new landlord. But you look at them, <laughs> you look at them and they look at you like, what are you looking at? You know, like they want you to confront. But the green chili and eggs is pretty good. Yeah, I love that. Well, no, for sure. Uh, It was definitely a crazy scene, crazy footage. Um, uh, It it was, you know, the the culmination of so many years of misinformation and Q, right, and all that bullshit. But there's more. I mean, there's a culmination of of people ignoring the anger in the middle of the country. That too. That too. you're right. Tim, Tim McVeigh blew the side off a building in Oklahoma City because he didn't like the government, but he forgets that the government is made up of people clocking in, trying to put their kids through school, and they also happened to blow up a daycare and killed a bunch of their kids along with them. You know? Yeah. If, if right. you've never, have you ever been to the the memorial there in, yeah. in Oklahoma City? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, I've been twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Murrah Memorial. That's that's something everybody needs to see. That if you want to get a perspective on terrorism, absolutely. Yeah, it's actually quite breathtaking. Um, to be honest, yeah. I went. I actually went uh, soon after they made it uh, the, fir- the very 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 first time. That was super yeah. emotional. To be frank with you, yeah, that was a long time ago. You know, I, I didn't some, get there for a while. A friend yeah. of mine, Nathan Brown from Oklahoma, told me how to go see that. And so the next time I played up there, is it something when you when you you get to those little chairs? You know, they got those big copper chairs for everybody yeah. that died there. Yeah, yeah, and we don't want so something that, like that, that to that, happen again. That, well, it will because that anger is still there. Nobody's. You know, I don't know why. White middle Americans feel like they've been betrayed so badly. Sure. You know, I mean, I see this all the time, especially in Texas. I drive around in the country, you'll see these like high fence ranches with, you know, longhorns and exotic antelope behind the high fences and a real <laughs> nice ranch house and, and a big old ski boat parked under a don't tread on me flag. Yeah. Like, who do these people think is treading on them? They look like they're doing just fine. Absolutely. That's a great mm-hmm. point. That's a great point. Yeah, it's always the, it's point. always the richest people that are the angriest, I think. Yeah. Well, they I have the time to is. be. I don't know. Because uh, otherwise, you're going, you're working three jobs or two jobs. You don't have time for no. thinking, <laughs> thinking about this stuff. Well, was, yeah, was, some of them are mad, too. You sure. Know? Well, but you get a chance to brew with it at work with your coworkers, you know, uh, I just imagine, like, for I come from the restaurant industry, that that's what would happen in the restaurant industry sometimes. That's uh, interesting, and in in what's happening in the service industry now? Yeah, people are deciding we're not going to take this. That's right. Because you know, we, you know, when you you live on tips and your your actual take home pay is way below minimum wage, so you can't buy a house because you can't show enough income. Sure. To qualify for a loan. 
And people are just saying, you know what? Not going back to work. I don't, you know, I, I hear yeah. that it's, you know, the, the, the unemployment benefits are too high. I don't think so. I'm glad <laughs> you said that. I think wages are too low. That's what it I, is. I'm really glad you said that. Yeah. I did a podcast on it, had a chef on, and we talked about that. Absolutely. He said it's uh, more just culture, kitchen culture, that, yeah. and restaurant culture that needs to change. Uh, oh, you know, and that's what overall, made people go away. Overall American culture too, because you know, people that haven't worked service industry jobs can be the worst customers. Absolutely, they don't know. And like, and the service tend to be seen by a lot of people as second class citizens. Sure, and so they're treated badly. They're not tipped well. You know, people don't know. You know, if you, if you don't tip a server, then it's costing them money to serve you because they're paying tax on a percentage of their rain. That's right. And nobody's explained that to most Americans. You know? No. Now, they like, also have Europe, to tip out. Or, or Europeans, you know, in Europe, they don't have to tip so much because, you know, servers are paid a decent living wage um, with benefits, and a lot of them got government health care, so they don't have to worry about that. Yeah, in some places, um, I, I worked in Europe, um, and some places give you a place to live as well. Yeah. So you would get a you get an apartment. Now, sometimes you have to share that apartment with other people but whatever you get your own room and so you, you, know, you, were, so you're you not worked paying kitchens for, in europe I, I worked in spain yeah mm -hmm. wow how'd you yeah, manage I worked, that i worked, worked at a bunch of different places I, I went over there and like hiked and then when i was done i i just stayed wow. and <laughs> where, where in spain were you uh all over um uh, gosh all over i mainly lived in granada and, um, but I did the Camino de Santiago. I don't know if you ever heard of that. El Camino de Santiago. It's a pilgrimage. So, yeah. The yeah. pilgrimage. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, I traveled all through the North of Spain on foot. You know, I did over 600 miles on Spain in Spain. And then I, I lived in Galicia when I finished, uh, the Camino, which is right there above Portugal. And I worked yeah. on the coast there. That was the very first job I got illegally. Just ask some guy. He gave me a chance, and and I worked Ooh. my ass off, you know, that whole oh, yes. summer for him. So you were an illegal immigrant in Spain. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, working illegally. Homohalo. Yeah, he paid me less too. He told me I'm gonna pay less because you're legal, and I could get in trouble for hiring you, and blah blah blah. Wow. And um, yeah, it was it was kind of funny. But yeah, I worked illegally there. Uh, but then I became a legal resident and my, my work became legal uh, at that point. So, but yeah, I worked at different places. But yes, you're right. It, it's different. They do pay you much differently. It's definitely tips are different uh, for sure. It's definitely a different system. You know, I was talking with a chef a couple nights ago about this. The, the thing that would have to change an American service industry for it to equal European is the steps of service. See, Americans require too many steps of service. You require somebody to go up to your table, give you a glass of water, greet you, give you a smile, tell you this, tell you that. You want to see a bunch of people running around doing all, they have one job. You know, in Europe, if you work at a place, you don't have one job. There's nobody going to hire you at a restaurant at this one job. You have multiple jobs. You, you do multiple things and that's what would have to change. There would be have to be mm. less people at each restaurant and they'd have to take on more responsibilities and the customer would ha could would just inevitably need to accept less sort of not not lower the expectations that serve that you're not going to get good service or that the food is going to be bad but maybe you're not going to get some of the luxuries you're used to all the time to take your time maybe. yeah might take a little bit longer for that waiter to come over to you um maybe it takes 10 more minutes to get that dish okay maybe um there's not three hostesses to walk you to the table. Okay. Maybe there's not four bartenders working, right. That, that this, that, maybe there's not bus boys. Maybe there's not, uh, th those sorts of uh, positions that really, um, uh, labor is what kills restaurants. It's all, it's all labor. That that's what makes the prices up, not sourcing. It's not the food. It's, it's the labor. It's ha the people there. So you inevitably can't have your front of house staff, pay them $15 an hour or whatever you want the wage to be fair and have 10 of them. Okay. It's yeah. impossible. It's just impossible for you to eat that $6 burger like that. So inevitably, well, we just need less servers, but they just need to do more things and 
blah, blah, blah. I mean, that's really, that, that's, that's the only way it's going to work. We, we would have to lower expectations a little bit, you know, and, and those sorts of things. So, you know, sometimes at an American restaurant, right, you, you want to talk to the waiter. You want to have a conversation with them. You want to, you don't do that in Europe. There's not really, unless you're dead, you don't talk to customer. You're not there to give a smile. You're not there to, no, in fact, yeah. I got in trouble in Spain because I talked too much to the customers. I never in my life been, had been gotten in trouble for smiling too much at the customers and literally wow. smiling too much and talking to them too much. Uh, because again, you used to so much, you got to work like there's yeah. things to do, you know? So uh, you know, that's it. That's, that's the difference. Anyway, not to hijack this, this, this conversation. No, that's that's an interesting point. So, yeah, but it's possible. We, we could totally do it. it. It's all, you know, these are all changes that um, just need to be discussed and, and yeah. uh, leaders in the industry need to take over and start doing it. And, and it is happening. You are seeing some changes and you are seeing leaders in the industry make these changes. And I, and I think you're going to see the service industry go through that, you know, well, they, this those, the they, next couple of years. They seem to be having to make the changes because people just aren't. <laughs> yes. And good for them. Aren't putting up with it. Yeah, that, that's something the pandemic has taught a lot of us. You know, what are we willing to do you know, or what are we willing to do without because we won't do. You know. Absolutely. It's, it's a whole, but, you know, it's, it's at least we're, we're thinking about it now. We're not blindly slaving and singing while we slave you know <laughs> what well, how do you think it's changing the music industry because um, when i spoke to you last we were right in the middle of it and you were basically you know starting the live stream and you know just sort of figuring that out and we didn't there was still a bunch that wasn't known about covid and lockdown and what was going to happen still so now at this point where you're at and you're about to tour here in september how do you see that the music industry has changed or is going to change I don't because know yet because I'm not back in the thick of it. Uh, yeah. We're going to start our Continental Club residency in early August. Um, so I'll see how that goes. Yeah. Uh, uh, my girlfriend tends bar at a live music club, and she said, you know, that the musicians are playing great because <laughs> they miss it. They're hungry. You know, and, <laughs> and the, and the peop people are showing up because they miss live music. So. But it's a, there was a surge for a while where the, the tips were real good for two or three weeks, and now they're kind of back down, fifteen <laughs> percent sure. tops, that kind of thing. Yeah, everybody, you know, everybody gets used to it and starts taking it for granted real fast. Oh, of um, course, absolutely. Yeah, tips is an average. It's an average game. Uh, yeah. You got to play it like that. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's exciting. I'm I'm really glad you're getting back out to play. Um, so when you put when you okay, so the Continental Club. Uh, coming up, that'll be the first time you'll be playing live. Actually, I have a, I've got a live show at the Villa in, uh, it's outside at the Villa in uh, Green, uh, New Braunfels, uh, July 18th. Will that be show. the very first show since the very lockdown? first live show that I've done since wow. lockdown. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's great. That's going to be crazy, right? Is that, is this, a, this is the longest, is this going to be the longest stretch of time you've gone your career without playing? Live? probably yeah um you know definitely uh, about a year and a half right or i wonder if i can still play guitar in a strap yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm used to sitting right here you know sure oh that's uh, that's interesting i never thought about that you're right the, with the straps the attack, standing up the attack is way different on the right hand. yeah sure well well you're gonna have to practice in front of the mirror james right you're gonna have to get the get the yeah, i the think i'll just out. go out there and suck for a while <laughs> i've always done it <laughs> oh gosh oh, i love it that's hilarious no please please uh that, that's definitely not going to happen um I, i'm sure uh people are going to be super excited to see you play i bet you're going to have a fantastic show uh you're just gonna be hungry you know that, that's why i think everyone's just hungry to see uh artists and vice versa and to feel that energy again uh at a live yeah. show so yeah no it's exciting i'm happy for you uh oh, thanks what uh what what new artist um any new art i'm sure with COVID and stuff you had an opportunity to maybe listen to some new stuff any new artists you want to shout out that you like you've been listening to or i don't know any older oh. artists that have released stuff you like any new albums i don't know um not to put no, you on the spot I, here <laughs> i hadn't really i hadn't really been listening much <laughs> okay right on right on that's interesting. That's interesting. Do you really, is that sort of a general, 
theme for yourself? Like, do you listen to? Uh, no, I, I don't listen much. No. Yeah, that's interesting. That's very interesting. Wow. Oh, I, I like that. That's that's kind of cool. <laughs> that's kind of cool, actually. Well, I, what, I, you I listen to, like, to the white. Or? I listen to white noise. I mean, like if I'm going down the highway, I listen to the tires, or if I'm in an airplane, because it, it is it's the best way to write is if you have some kind of amorphous sound in your ear it's sort of like you know if you hunt deer on a sunny day you don't see a lot of deer you hunt them on a foggy day they're like more likely to move it's the same way with words they move oh, wow. around in that jet noise or the tire noise and melodies as well you can, you can hear wow. both so you know, if i listen to music it's after getting in the way of my own music so wow i love that that's that's awesome. No, that's awesome. Um, do you watch like any movies, any movies out or anything you've been excited about? Any documentaries or anything? I know those are hot right now. Uh, no, I watch fishing videos mostly. Yeah, fishing videos. So you're into short, fishing. Short pieces. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Have you been doing any fishing at all? Not since, uh, well, I, I hauled my, my square tail canoe to North Texas because I thought I'd get in some crappie fishing, but then... I never did, and I had some other stuff to haul back, so I left it up there. And now my, then the clutch went out on my pickup, so <laughs> I can't I can't get to my boat right now. No fishing right now. Well, no, well, it's raining so much anyway. I, I was thinking I might go down to the San Marcos and try to catch a catfish off the bank, because but you know it's just been raining here constantly. Yeah, it's been raining up here in Dallas too. Absolutely, it's been you know it'll rain too. The sun comes out and then it's rain raining. You know, I love Texas. Uh, just uh, you know, love Texas weather. Uh, never ceases to amaze me. I like it better now. <laughs> How did you fare during the uh, uh, snow apocalypse? How did that go we, for you? We were lucky. We we would lose power for fifteen minutes every hour or two. So oh, the man. house never really chilled down. We didn't lose, we we lost water pressure, but not entirely. Yeah. Because our, our water comes from Luling and they had so many leaks down there that they couldn't send us enough water to fill the towers, but it kept trickling. So we, we were fine. Austin fared much worse. You know, we're in Lockhart, so. Yeah. We, yeah. I was in Austin for it. It was nuts. It was definitely nuts. I, I luckily didn't lose power, but I thought I was going to lose power at any second. That yeah. that was the strenuous part. That was the anxiety the whole week. I just get well any second. I'm gonna, I'm uh, gonna lose you're, it. If you're close enough to a hospital, you can. That's TV why. Stays on. Yeah. That's why I didn't lose because I was right next to a hospital. I was right off of South Congress and Ben White right there and medical center. There's that. Yep, we're right there yeah. in that same zone. So we we were fine. You know, we were fine. In fact, I had people stay with me. Yeah. come over and stay with me. I mean, I had to. one of the craziest weeks I've ever had in Texas in my whole life, to be frank with you. Definitely. Definitely. I can't think, I honestly couldn't think of a worse week. Um, weather wise. Uh, I mean, hurricane, I've never been in a hurricane, so I'm sure I'm imagining that'd be horrible, but that always affects one part of the state. This was something that was just like, it didn't matter who you reached out to. No. <laughs> they were struck. You know what I mean? Everybody no, was. We were, what, five seconds from the whole state going down? That was nuts to hear. Because we're on a separate grid. Yes. I actually didn't realize Except, it was so bad like that. Well, El Paso was fine because they're on a national grid. And Beaumont, they say, had power. Uh, the the states that were or the city you're right the I, towns, I do that. they're on the edge uh, on the edge. get their power from somewhere yeah. else yeah yeah yeah. Right, so. yeah 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 I'm in Austin literally dead center of the state no, <laughs> like I got like, we're screwed well they were blaming it on wind power because you got to blame everything on wind but sure you know, I've I've been ac <laughs> I've been across Nebraska in the dead of winter those things keep turning if you winterize them. Yeah, that's right. And they don't amount to enough percentage of the power down here for it to really have been the problem. You know, coal coal plants were going offline because they couldn't get water. Nuclear plants were going offline because it was frozen. Yeah. You know, it, it, it was a snowball effect. It was uh, no pun intended there, no. but uh, essentially, yeah, yeah, it was nuts. Um, again, it was just one of the nuts, uh, nuttiest weeks I've ever had in texas by far it was it was just crazy i didn't know what was going to happen uh yeah anyway uh uh james i also want to talk about you know we'll call the lone star plate I, I i think we did talk a little bit about food last time but i i always talk about food a little bit so hmm. 
uh, everybody eats, right? It's a simple thing. Uh, so I thought maybe we'd, uh, if you wanted to, if you had any cool places you like to go eat, any places you wanted to shout out, um, locally, wherever, anywhere. Well, here, here in Lockhart, there's a place called little trouble that, uh, Little trouble. Yeah, I love yeah, that they, name they already. Just, they just started <laughs> up right before lockdown, and somehow they made it through. They actually they, they opened up an outdoor patio. The the city let them buy some parking spaces off the street to build a like a wooden patio, oh, that's cool. patio, so they could have outdoor service. Which uh, gotcha. They, that probably helped them. But yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. They they do a pork chop schnitzel that's just amazing. Ooh, okay. Okay. Yeah, that sounds great. Okay. Little trouble in Lockhart. I like it. Anything else? I don't know. I don't want to, you know, if that's it, it's all it's all good. I don't want to put well, you we on the spot. Had the beast, we had the Lockhart Bistro last night. That's pretty good. They had some they had some kind of New England oysters that flown in fresh. It wasn't not blue points, but uh but they were good, whatever they were. Yeah. Oh, I love oysters. Yeah. So you like oysters? You're an oyster yeah, guy. Yeah, I do. I do like oysters. Um, I think the best I ever had were Apalachicolas in the wintertime over uh, Apalachicola, Florida. But they, of course, they've closed that fishery. Uh, they tonged out all the oysters from that bay. So I got the last of them. Oh, man. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. That's crazy. Yeah. I love oysters. That's well, a, they're, they're a, starting to farm them now. So. Yeah, absolutely. Well, they farm just about everything to be to be frank with you yeah well, i think i think oyster farming is probably a pretty good deal with filters of water you know doesn't, doesn't require fish meal there's farming uh that, that can absolutely be done in a sustainable uh great yeah. way you know for sure um even our sponsor texas real food uh, you know we we completely uh, explore that on the website there's all kinds of article things like that that we go into that that's you know i've had uh farmers on i've had chefs on talking about this stuff absolutely there's so many ways to to do it the right way uh you know uh, and like you said in some ways it can be safer yeah and better you know well they're, they're doing a lot of kelp farming i've been reading about that that's oh that's interesting uh, I, I tend not to eat leafy greens of any kind but uh, a lot of <laughs> a lot of a lot of people do so yes no it's good for you look it's yeah. tough for everybody uh you know it's tough for everybody <laughs> my dog is against kelp farming it seems I like, yeah he's like listen james you need to eat your eat your kelp dad yeah. that's what they're saying that's funny surprised my dogs haven't made a ruckus yet uh to be honest the one's right here staring at me i think he hears your dog it could be the rain i know my my dog's here because of the rain oh there he is Rocket. There he is. Oh, cool dog. Uh-huh. How you doing, buddy? Uh, it's raining outside. Speaking of rain, just a you know, sun out, then the rain never goes away. Never yeah. goes away. Uh, so, James, the album's out uh, August 20th, right? Am I right? Mm-hmm. That's right. Pre-order it now. Um, and the Canola Field song is already out. That single is out. Um, is there another single coming out before the album comes out or there's, there's a couple more coming out. I think, uh, yeah, if it don't bleed, I think is the second one. And then uh, decent man, I think is coming out early August. Nice. So, awesome. Yeah. That's so exciting, man. Well, you know, I'm super happy that this, uh, you know, you got an album, you have a tour, like, you know, right after lockdown and that's fantastic. Um, you know, all that work you did right before the lockdown, I'm sure you were a little worried. Oh, how are we going to get this finished? So, very happy that it was all able to come together. Actually, I, I was kind of glad to have an excuse not to finish my homework this time. But, <laughs> you know, but, but I wish funny. it hadn't been so hard on everybody. But. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Not that kind of excuse, right? Yeah, for yeah. sure. No, but I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Well, yeah, I'm super, you know, excited to get to come out and play. Hopefully, uh, uh, when you come through Dallas, I'll, I'll be able to go see you live and uh, see a show. That would be great. So, uh, yeah, man, this was awesome. Really appreciate you uh, talking to us and just chatting about your new album and just all these little topics we talked about and the shout outs. Uh, make sure I get that right. Little Trouble, right? Is that is that right? Yeah, Little Trouble's good. The Bistro's good. Lupin Lil's Pizza. There we go. Bam. Excellent. Yeah. We're going to we're gonna tag all of that stuff. And, of course, we'll put Smitty, links and everything. Smitty's well, Barbecue. There's, there's a great barbecue here in Lockhart. Oh, Lockhart has amazing... Uh, 
barbecue. I'm actually talking to Aaron Franklin on next Monday, uh, having him on. So we're going to talk about right. I'm not sure where he's from. I'm going to find out. I actually don't know where he's from. I think it was Taylor or Elgin where Franklin's confirmed. I'm not, I'm not sure. I know Louis Miller's up in Taylor is a good one. Well, Franklin's Barbecue's in Austin, but I don't know where Aaron Franklin's but, but from. I, I think he learned some. He, he learned either, his either, stuff. either in Elgin or Taylor. I remember when he when he first opened up. That's awesome. There. But they're all they're all good barbecue towns, and they all seem to have their own thing. Yeah, like, I know, like Louis Miller's up there does this real thin kind of onion sauce. It's not a you know regular. You know, sweet sauce or spicy sure. sauces, but it works on that brisket that they do and that sausage. And then if you go down here to Velder, east of Luling, on Old 90, there's a place called, I think it's called The Crossing, and they do ribs better than anybody, I think. Oh, wow. Like, every, everybody's got their specialty. Oh, here. man. Yes, yes. Oh, man, you're making me so hungry, dreams. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Like, I haven't had good barbecue in a while, to be honest with you. You kind of make me want to go on a barbecue road trip here. Oh, uh, yeah, you can do it. Just is any, anywhere they still speak Czech yeah. or German, <laughs> you, you'll find it. That's funny. That's true. Man, there's so many great towns uh, in Texas, uh, especially to get. I mean, it's its own thing, Texas barbecue. right? It's its yeah. own thing. So. Uh, well, anyway, James, thank you again, man, so much. This was awesome. Uh, always enjoy our conversations. Can't wait to have you on again next time, man. And my best to you and this album coming out and and your tour and everything and the residency. Hope it goes fantastic. Well, thank you. Absolutely, um, man. Were you, you were wanting a song, right? Was that you? What? Somebody, somebody, one of these interviewers wanted a song. If you, if you, I, I never okay. want to pressure anybody, but if you would love to play a song, yeah, we would love actually, that. I, I tuned, I tuned up a guitar. I'm going to turn my monitor off so you don't get any headphone bleed. This is probably the most Texan song on this record. Half a section in the short grass at the foot of the plains Grows broomweed in the dry times and ragweed when it rains That's all she's got left that the lawyers don't claim Jackie does her damn best, never one to complain She's been green-breaking horses when she's home from the road Waiting on dispatch to find her load She's leased all but the trap The ponies can't graze a thing Another bobtail, a coastal Ought to last them till spring There were pitchers on the tables And kids running round Four generations of a blinking light town It was a cotton-eyed joke or maybe just the right glance She got to go in with Randy At the Friday night dance I just got two rules If my conscience be known Don't lie to me Don't bring me nothing home Faithful's a nice word In Sunday school class Life's just too crazy For that Randy says not to worry, he'll feed while she's gone She got the freight liner idling half up on his lawn He don't like her driving when the northers come blue But if the horses went hungry, Lord knows what she'd do Round Christmas up the Caprock, you can see all the towns And the courthouses lit up for ten miles around It's a magical time to be traveling the roads, watch the country roll by and the halogens glow. Just got two rules if my conscience be known. Don't lie to me, don't bring me nothing home. 
Faithful's a nice word in a Sunday school class Life's just too crazy for that Jackknifed on black ice with an oversized load There's a white cross in the bar ditch where she went off the road She wasn't going that fast The responders all say how it ended that bad We can wander all day Just got two rules of my conscience be known Don't lie to me, don't bring me nothing home Faithful's a nice word in a Sunday school class Life's just too short for all that Life's just too short for all that For all that Wow. Wow, James. Yeah, it's called Jackie. That's such, that's so, I mean, you know, it's like I look at something, I, I just, I, sometimes I wonder how do people do these things? You know, that's so amazing. That's, uh, that was mm. just such a beautiful song, man. Thank you. Wow. Wow. So kind of, I'm a little stunned, to be honest mm. with you. I'm a little, I'm a little yeah. taken back here. Uh, that's wow, okay. What a great song. Yeah, what a beautiful song, man! Thank you. I love the I love this podcast. I love getting to do this. I love <laughs> like I'm such a lucky person to be honest with you. Um, yeah, that's a that's a beautiful song, man. Um, wow, and and this is on the new album. Yes. Wow, this album is going to be ridiculous. Uh, wow, that's exciting. Well, any uh, James, how can people stay in touch with you? Oh, well, you could, uh, well, I do a, a Facebook uh, live stream uh, Sundays at 1 Central and Wednesdays at 8 Central. And uh, and it also goes out on YouTube and Twitch, which gives you a little bit better quality. But people seem to like Facebook because they can get together and chat with each other. And it's kind of an interactive experience. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But I got like I do it through Restream because I can I can get all three and Restream keeps changing their format and like every week I have to figure out how to get back on. It's crazy. <laughs> oh, I hate that stuff. I know exactly what you mean. I know. <laughs> I know. Oh man, boy, do I know those frustrations. Trust me, I get it for sure. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, I've actually watched a few of your uh, live streams myself, to be honest with you. And I don't I don't actually watch any live streams to be frank with you. Uh, yeah. but from yours come on my feed. Eh, I tune in for a little bit. Check out your I'm music. Hear it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, man. No, I love, uh, love hearing your, I love hearing you play, man, for sure. Um, well, listen again, uh, like I said, uh, super excited for your album coming out. I, I can't wait to listen to the whole thing. Um, and yeah, can't wait for you to come to Dallas so I can, so I can see you play and, and just excited to get to get back out and, and play again. You yeah, know, I think That's we're going to be at the, the Kessler in uh, Oak Cliff, uh, I think in October. I'm not sure. That's another one that kept getting bumped back. Yeah, I actually, wow, that's that's funny you say the Kessler. That's where I went and saw my very first concert at, really? since the lockdown was at the Kessler in May to see Bob Schneider. All right. And that was Bob's first indoor show, too, since, you know, lockdown. Yeah. Um, and I went and hung out with them backstage after the show. And I didn't know that before the show until I went afterwards. And he said, uh, man, he was so full of energy. He was just like, oh, man, the energy is insane in there right now. Like everyone is. so, And it was it was the the energy in that place was, uh, was so intense. That's such a great place to play, first of all. So, man. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll look for you in October for sure, James. All right. Thank you. 
Awesome. Well, listen, my best to you and your family. Have a great uh, rest of the weekend. Good luck on the next live stream. Hope that goes well. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> right. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. trust me. Like I said, I get it for no, sure. I, I opened the thing up this morning just to check my frame and I couldn't get the dashboard where I can actually turn on the channels individually. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know how I'm going to know if I'm actually streaming or not. Oh, man. Pretty sure I'll oh. look fine. But anyway. <laughs> no, I'm sure you'll have to take sure the whole thing it. apart again. <laughs> oh, man. Well, hopefully that doesn't take up the whole weekend. Hopefully not. All right, brother. Well, again, thank you so much for the song. Uh, it was beautiful. Again, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the performance. That was amazing. And now it's time for my favorite part of the show, the end credits. This is everyone responsible for making the show happen. Executive producer, Sebastian Sauerborn. Podcast manager, Nevena Ponovich. Marketing manager, Caroline Grape. Video and audio editors, Danilo Vojnov and Pavel Sebastianovich. Thumbnail designer, Marco Vukovic. Social media manager, Ursa Rusman. Guest outreach, Corey Mencias. Designing image quotes, Jay Apuya. Social media videos, Labri Fernandez. Outreach support, Yonette Del Mundo. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time. The Lone Star Play podcast is produced by Texas Real Food. Go to texasrealfood.com and you can search your city for stores, butchers, restaurants, farmers markets, and more who are using fresh, artisanal, organic sources. It's a fun site that brings all natural options all together. I hope you enjoyed this episode. For more information, go to thelonestarplay.com. I'm your host, Patrick Scott Armstrong. Until next time. <laughs>